0: going on true crime fans i'm your host teeth and i'm your host daphne and you're listening
1: to going west thank you so much everybody for tuning in today hope you're all having a wonderful day thus far today's case is insane and it happened recently so please share this one i know we say that a lot but sharing really helps cases so
0: please do that here this case was actually recommended to us by a few different people but I failed to get those names. I'm so sorry. God damn it, Heath. I totally fucked up. (laughs) But um, for those of you who did suggest this case, thank you so much for suggesting it. Uh, Diving into it, it was a very, very devastating story.
1: Yes, I actually had not heard of this, so thank you so much for everybody who did recommend it. Again, you know, so sorry we don't have your names, but feel free to reach out to us and we will thank you personally also we do have a brand new episode on our patreon it's the first of 2022 it's insane we now have 57 bonus episodes on there for you guys to binge they're ad free they're full length this one takes place in Scotland it's a disappearance that happened in the 70s and is recently getting some resolution and it's wild
0: yes so definitely go check that out over on patreon.com going west podcast all right guys This is episode 167 of Going West, so let's get into it. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template— With Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: The investigation into the deaths of a mother and her two daughters will soon be finalized. Nearly two years after the trio was found dead, Retired FBI agents are now looking into the deaths of Nicole Olson and her two daughters. There's also new information that may show Nicole was getting ready for a new life with her girls right before their tragic deaths. The family of 10 year old London Briviescas hasn't celebrated the holidays since she was found fatally shot along with her mother Nicole Olson and sister Alexa Montez back in January of 2019. The medical examiner ruling it a double murder suicide but the sheriff opting to keep the case open. We can't uh, just say, well, this is what the medical examiner says, case closed. We've still got two murder investigations, at least at this
1: point, on these two young ladies that we have to find out uh, who it is. was born on may 27, 1981 to parents rick carl and mccheryl denise olsen in california but we couldn't find out exactly where but we do know that she had two brothers justin ryan and rick allen and at some point her parents moved the family to san antonio texas nicole's father worked for hb zachary company which is a construction company based in texas But tragically, her father passed away due to a heroin overdose at the age of 33 in 1988, just two days before Christmas. So Nicole was just seven years old at the time. And of course, I mean, her entire family was devastated. Nicole was described as a beautiful soul who had an infectious personality and wonderful smile. She had long brown hair with beautiful brown eyes and everyone loved the way she would like tilt her head and crinkle her nose as she laughed. Nicole attended James Madison High School, which is in the Northeast Independent School District, and she made a ton of friends, but she dropped out of school her junior year and later obtained her GED. Also, while Nicole was a junior in high school at the age of 15, she had her first child, a boy named Skyler, and this was in 1996. And Nicole was actually still with Skyler's father. So two years later, she married him. His name is James Noble in 1998. But they did divorce just a year later when she was 17. But right around Christmas of 2001, actually two days after to be exact, tragedy would strike again when her mother passed away unexpectedly from heart disease. Which is really sad because, I mean, Nicole is so young. She's She has a child, she's divorced, her father's dead, her mother's dead, like that's a lot to go through so young.
0: Yeah, she's just 20 years old and she's lost both of her parents.
1: Right, so you know she had to grow up really fast and kind of become this parental figure for her younger brother, who was only 13. So also a lot for him to go through at such a young age.
0: And this was Justin.
1: Yes, so Justin, her brother, Justin. So uh, Nicole later stated that her mother was, quote, a functional alcoholic who drank to quell her grief over her husband's death.
0: After Nicole's first divorce, she began working low-paying jobs, including Las Palapas, which is a Mexican restaurant in San Antonio, but I guess it's a chain restaurant as well. But in the same year that her mother passed away, she met a man named Carlos Montez Jr., who was a U.S. Marine, and they married that year. The couple had a daughter together named Alexa in 2002, and they lived in Hawaii, which is where Carlos was stationed at the time. But in 2006, Nicole and Carlos divorced and she ended up back in San Antonio, Texas where she met a man named Hector Bribiascus. Hector worked for his father's 18-wheeler dealership and in 2008, Nicole had her third child, a girl who she and Hector named London. And although Hector and Nicole were engaged at this time, they never actually did get married and they broke up shortly after their daughter was born and they both shared custody of London. In 2006, so a few years before she met Hector, and just after she and Carlos divorced, Nicole decided that she wanted to become a hairstylist. So she went to a cosmetology school to learn the trade. She also explained that she wasn't the greatest mother to Skyler early on in his life because she was young and immature herself, but that, quote, she's now a good mother and that the children are all she has in the world and that she cannot imagine not having them in her life. She worked at many salons over the years but more recently she worked for salons by JC near her home in San Antonio and I guess this is also a chain salon.
1: On March 10th 2014 Nicole had been dating a man whose name has not been disclosed and they lived together in an upscale home near the Dominion. So the Dominion is basically just a very wealthy neighborhood on the northwest side of San Antonio and looking at photos I am mean, it's Looks like a very stunning place to live. So anyway, that day, Nicole said she arrived home and saw on her boyfriend's phone that he had been talking to another woman. So she ended up slapping him in the face and then an altercation ensued where she was taken to the ground and dragged out of the house. She had previously tried to get in touch with him to ask for a ride home, but he never answered. And she claims it's because he was preoccupied with another woman so when police showed up they said that nicole appeared to be intoxicated but that she was very polite with officers and spoke softly now because of this whole ordeal nicole was charged with a misdemeanor assault but a year later those charges were apparently dropped due to the boyfriend's lack of
0: cooperation nicole and her boyfriend split up and she took this time after the breakup to work on her career and just kind of do the best to provide for her children She was working extremely hard, you know, doing double and sometimes triple hair appointments in a day, while also being able to pick up her kids from school every day. But in 2016, Nicole received an Instagram private message from a young, good-looking man, Charles Edward Wheeler. He explained to her how gorgeous she was and that he would really like to get to know her. So in the summer of 2016, Nicole and Charles finally met for the first time At the la cantera resort in san antonio nicole was actually there for a meeting for a client along with her business partner and friend vanessa turner but nicole invited charles to the resort as well that day i'm assuming she was just like hey i'm here at this resort you know come by and get a drink with me by the way at this time charles was 31 and six years younger than nicole vanessa who again is the business partner described charles as very respectful and self-assured And that charles definitely chased her down from the start and it was very clear that he was extremely interested in nicole the two hit it off very quickly and in fact within a few weeks they appeared in a promotional video together for nicole and vanessa's wristwatch business that they started together called kiva cole and these wristwatches are actually very beautiful daphne and i looked up that company
1: yeah they're gorgeous they're these very sleek simple like very
0: classy classic looking watches So very good eye, these two women. Yeah, but it appears that that company, as of today, is no longer in business. So they were seen on camera in this promotional video uh, as being very giddy, you know, gazing into each other's eyes while they were cuddling.
1: Now, before we go any further, we wanna give you guys a little background info on Charles Wheeler. So Charles was born to parents Forrest Wheeler and Cynthia Stein Wheeler in Texas, and he grew up with his younger brother, Justin. Both of Charles's parents were involved in rodeo. His father was a team roper and his mother Cynthia was a barrel racer. So from an early age, Charles was very much involved in the sport. He attended Fredericksburg High School for about two years before his mother decided to homeschool him. And after he finished his high school education, Charles went on to attend Shriner University in Kerrville, Texas, but he dropped out after a year. From 2005 when he was 18 to 2008, so three years later, Charles competed professionally in the national rodeo circuit and he was a team roper just like his father. And for those who don't know what team roping is, it's a competition where two partnered riders work together to rope a steer, one being the header and the other being the healer. I don't know rodeo myself but that's just what we found online so there you go. So on October 12th, 2008, Charles was actually arrested for public intoxication at a Western nightclub near Angleton, Texas, during a county fair. And he actually pled guilty to the charge and he was fined just about $300. Then just a year later on December 27th, 2009, he was arrested again at 2.20 a.m. for a DWI after police found him intoxicated in the driver's seat of a Chevy Silverado that was parked in a restaurant parking lot. An officer walked up to the vehicle with a flashlight just shining it through the window, and Charles made, like, an obscene gesture towards the officer before driving away.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming he just, like, flipped him off or something.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that too. And then, you know, obviously the officer yelled at him to stop, and eventually Charles pulled over, and then he was asked to complete, you know, a field sobriety test where... He was instructed to count backwards from 31 to 10, but Charles counted backwards from 31 to zero and told the officer that he did so kind of just to prove a point. But this charge was later dismissed and we're really not sure why. So Charles was also known by police as a habitual speeder and acquired four speeding tickets between July of 2015 and August of 2016. So that's four in like a year. Obviously, none of this may have to do with this case at all, but it was just what was reported. So we wanted to add it in the episode to kind of tell you just a little bit more about his history.
0: And just forewarning, we are not trying to defame Charlie Wheeler's um, character at all. We just want to mention this because this is the information that was reported in the news. And so we want to include as much um, information as we possibly can. But anyway, let's get back to Charles Wheeler. So because Charles was so successful with his career in the rodeo circuit, he made quite a bit of money and he used that money to start a security gate business called On The Go. Now this company did very well and Charles eventually sold this business in 2011 at the age of 24 for an undisclosed amount of money. After selling his gate business, Charles then purchased an oil field services company called OTG Services, which is based out of Fort Stockton, Texas. And by May of 2014, he had acquired over 140 employees. So this was, you know, a relatively big business and it was pretty booming. On April 13th, 2013, so a year before his oil business really took off, Charles was arrested yet again for public intoxication after he was cut off at a downtown San Antonio hotel bar. He was placed in a detoxification facility for the night, but no charges were filed. And actually, an off-duty police officer was the one to arrest him for being intoxicated this time. So this officer was there at the hotel bar. Then, on November 27th, 2013, Charles filed a report that his truck had been stolen, but he was extremely intoxicated when this occurred. And police later found his truck in the parking lot of a shopping mall, but Charles had called police from a gentleman's club called Perfect 10, located in San Antonio.
1: So now you guys know a little history about Charles. So let's get back into the timeline with he and Nicole. And before I do that, I just want to kind of paint a little bit of a picture of who Nicole was. So at this time, you know, she had this beautiful watch company. She was a hairstylist. She very much, you know, I mean, she was in her 30s, but she very much looks like this, like kind of like it mom, I want to say, like she would have like a a social media following that maybe that sounds really weird, but she looked, you know, she was beautiful. Yeah. Her kids were gorgeous. They looked very happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, she, Nicole was a beautiful person, so I could definitely see her being some sort of like social media influencer or something like that.
1: Right. So, and if you guys want to see, just kind of get a visual of everybody, you know, go check out our social medias. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up going West. So Charles and Nicole had been dating for nearly a year but they were living in separate households. But in April of 2017, Charles purchased a million dollar home in the Anaqua Springs Ranch neighborhood of San Antonio. And a short time after this, Nicole and her two daughters, who again are Alexa and London, moved into the home as well. So the two girls lived there on the weekdays, but on the weekends, they stayed with their respective fathers, Hector and Carlos. And I also wanted to mention in 2016, the oil prices in Texas kind of bottomed out and Charles's company, OTG Services, had to shut down their operations.
0: Yeah, but at this point, Charles had made so much money that it didn't really matter. Yeah, he
1: was, he was still good on that front, but he no longer had this business. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, Your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a lysis specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today. That's J U V E D E R M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. For full important safety information, just visit juvederm.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volix XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, This improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volex XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, Swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So at this point, Nicole was looking for something more stable, like a long-term relationship, you know, between her and Charles, something that she had not found up until meeting him. So Nicole's daughter, Alexa, her eldest daughter, was now a sophomore at Clark High School where she was a part of the cheerleading team and she planned to enroll at Texas A&M University in College Station.
0: This is my redeeming part. Yes, College Station <laughs> for all you Texas listeners. I hope I got that right this time. We, uh, <laughs>
1: we messed it up a couple times before and we got so many messages about how it was wrong. So thanks for pointing it out. We know here is the correction there. So Alexa's goal was to become an obstetrician. And for those who don't know, an obstetrician is a doctor who specializes in pregnancy as well as women's reproductive systems. So Alexa also volunteered at the church that she attended, which was the Kingsborough Ridge Baptist Church, and she helped out in the nursery and also the puppet ministry. So if it's not obvious, she was overall just a great kid. Her younger sister, London, who was eight in 2017, loved to paint, sing, act in theater, and her favorite animal was a monkey. At this time she was attending Leon Springs Elementary School and she had a lot of friends.
0: So this house that Charles purchased is situated on a 3-acre lot and the square footage is 4,500, so it's a very big house. And I mean this neighborhood is amazing. Yeah, it's it's like a stunning neighborhood. There's a lot of really nice houses in this neighborhood. So this house also included five bedrooms, four and a half baths. It included a wine cellar, a hot tub, and also a pool. The neighborhood, as we mentioned, you know, was pretty upscale, and it's in a secured, gated community that offered 24-hour surveillance. So it seemed fairly safe. Things seemed to be going pretty well for the couple. Nicole was still working as a hairstylist, and her daughters were even warming up to Charles and would occasionally spend time with his family. But in May of 2017, Nicole showed up to work for another video shoot for her company Kiva Cole, and her coworker Vanessa noticed something pretty odd. Nicole was applying makeup to her face and trying to conceal a bruise to her eye. So Vanessa asked Nicole about this injury, and she stated that she and Charles had gotten into a fight, but she insisted that everything was fine. Then, months later, in January of 2018, Nicole
1: and Vanessa decided to attend a San Antonio Spurs basketball game. But on the way to the arena, Charles called Nicole and asked to speak to Vanessa. So he's like wanting to talk to her friend and business partner. So according to Vanessa, Charles told her, you're really lucky that I'm letting her go with you. I would trust you. So of course, Vanessa thought this was incredibly odd, and I'm sure quite controlling of Charles, but she just kind of played along as to not make the situation more awkward. But Nicole was embarrassed by his comments. So after the game, the girls headed over to a music club in the area called Jazz, Texas, where they had some drinks and just enjoyed hanging out together. But Charles began to call Nicole's phone repeatedly. And according to Vanessa, the more Charles called Nicole, the more upset she became. So apparently Charles noticed that Nicole's location had changed. You know, she was no longer at this basketball game and he demanded that she come home immediately. That night, Vanessa relayed her concerns that Nicole may be suffering from emotional abuse, but Nicole just kind of brushed it off. But this wasn't the first time that Vanessa noticed this type of behavior. So the previous summer, Nicole and Vanessa were outside in the hot tub at the house that Charles and Nicole shared, when Charles rushed outside visibly upset that a piece of pepperoni was dropped on the kitchen floor. Nicole explained that one of her daughters may have dropped it, but Charles ordered Nicole to get out of the hot tub and pick it up herself.
0: Like, dude, it's not that hard to just go inside and grab a napkin and pick it up off the floor and put it in the trash.
1: Well, also, like, if you saw it before, why, I don't know, it seems like he makes a big deal out of things that really don't
0: matter. That's what I got from this.
1: So that same night, Charles became upset again when his sound system had briefly stopped working. And he blamed Nicole's daughters, but Nicole insisted that it was not their fault. And this created so much tension that Vanessa insisted she leave the home. So this is this is what Vanessa is saying. So she saw this all happen.
0: Yeah, and she actually told Nicole, she was like, I don't like him. Now again, this information is not coming from Daphne and I personally. This is what Vanessa had to say about Nicole and Charles's relationship. Quote, her core group saw much less of her. For someone who was as social as Nicole, it's a little odd, you know? It's not normal for her to be shut in like that. But Vanessa wasn't the only friend of Nicole's to notice things about her relationship. A friend named Monica Patel, who works as a cardiologist for a hospital in Houston, Texas, explained that Nicole arrived at her house in July of 2017 very upset. Nicole told Monica that she and Charles were celebrating their dating anniversary at a hotel in Galveston, Texas, when an argument occurred between them. And we don't know what was said or what the circumstances were, but Charles became so irate that he was asked by hotel staff to leave the hotel. But when he refused, he had to be escorted out of the building by security officers. So obviously this is a very big deal. Charles did eventually leave, but he took all of the couple's belongings with him, including Nicole's cell phone and left her stranded at the hotel. Which is so fucked up. Why would you do that? Yeah, like why would you leave your girlfriend At a hotel like like hundreds of miles away from where you guys live
1: not just that but also to take her phone like you know and we don't know i mean did he take her phone on purpose did it happen to be in his possession i don't know but still
0: yeah so because of this nicole actually had to call monica from you know a phone at the hotel who was living again in houston and she took a taxi to her friend's house that day here's a statement from monica about this event She told me that they've had a
1: lot of fights and this time that she was done because he was really embarrassing and he left her in a whole different city. He left her stranded. She was shaking. She was crying. She was terrified about everything. It was supposed to be a good moment for them. They were supposed to be celebrating their anniversary. We went over it all and she's like, no, you're right, you're right, I'm leaving. We just stayed up the whole night talking about this. And you can't help but feel like you just wasted your time. Like you were speaking to a wall or something. And I hate to say it like that, but I was drained. I was emotionally drained with her. I stayed up the whole night. I was crying. I was horrified with her for 17 hours.
0: On the morning of Thursday, January 10th, 2019, at 9 AM, Charles Wheeler made a frantic call to 911, explaining that he had found his girlfriend of two years 37-year-old Nicole and her daughters, 16-year-old Alexa and 10-year-old London, dead inside of his home. And by the way, this was like a year and a half later from this incident in Galveston. So Charles told police that he found all three of them with bullet holes on the second floor of his home bunched together in a hallway. Blood was virtually everywhere, including all over the walls. A single handgun was found near Nicole's body And there was also a pool of blood in the bathroom doorway. And when police and medical professionals arrived, they stated that the bodies were cold and rigid to the touch. When police arrived at the scene, they found Charles on his knees in the front yard sobbing. But one investigator noted that he did not see any tears on Charles' face. And obviously, we will note that everyone grieves and shows emotions differently. But moving on. So Charles was then placed into a squad car and his phone and wallet were seized by police. And you may be wondering, well, where was Charles when these deaths occurred? Well, he told police while in this squad car that he and Nicole had gotten into an argument the night before and that he had left the property to spend the night at a relative's house to cool off.
1: I just wanna say, you know, I'm not implicating anybody here, but I just wanna say, I feel like every single case like this that we have discussed Um, The one that's coming to mind is Janet March that we covered a couple months ago. Every case like this is, oh, I don't know what happened to her. I did see her last night and we got into a fight, but then I left. That is literally like by the book what everybody says.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that seems kind of textbook.
1: It is textbook, absolutely. So, of course, right off the bat... You know, Bexar County Sheriff Javier Salazar stated that Charles Wheeler was a person of interest, but not a suspect in the case at that time. It would take another few days for a medical examiner to complete an autopsy, but on January 14th, so four days later, it was determined that Alexa and London were murdered and that Nicole Olson had committed suicide. So Nicole's family and friends were in complete shock and disbelief regarding the rulings here. Nicole's brother Justin stated, It's crazy for anyone to think that she would kill her daughters. Nicole was supposed to take London to an audition actually for the show America's Got Talent, and she also had plans to visit her son Skylar that weekend, as well as watch her brother's daughter for him that weekend. So she she had plans. And what's also very strange is that Nicole booked two hair appointments the day before her body was discovered with separate clients for uh, Thursday the 19th, which again was the day that Charles allegedly found the bodies in his home. So Sheriff Salazar stated even after the autopsy came out, quote, calling someone the murderer of their own children is the worst thing you could ever accuse somebody of. I'm not ready to do that yet.
0: So let's just stop for a second and talk about the fact that, you know, Nicole had all these plans, you know, she she had things that were coming up that weekend.
1: Honestly, too much, much respect to Sheriff Salazar for not just saying, oh, this is what because so many police officers, I feel like will just go by what the autopsy says. And he's like, no, I'm not I'm not going to say that yet because I, I don't think that's true quite yet.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of speculation going around and a lot of rumors on the internet that this autopsy was kind of rushed. So I don't know if that has any indication, but but yeah, it, it is good that Salazar is trying to seek the truth in this case. Absolutely. And here's where things get really strange. So the night
1: Nicole and her daughters are presumed to have been murdered, four calls to 911 were placed from Nicole's phone, within a two minute span of time. And we know this according to Nicole's cell phone records obtained by police. But apparently each one of these calls was too short for the dispatcher to acquire a location of the calls. Therefore, emergency officials were unable to respond. But the dispatcher did try to call the number back, but they never received an answer. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples.
0: Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter.
1: Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription.
0: Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
1: We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring
0: 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test.
1: While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, Download June's journey for free today on iOS and Android.
0: So before the commercial break, we were talking about those four calls that were made to nine one one from Nicole's cell phone. But those calls, there was no, um, there was no speaking in those calls. They were just like call and then hang up.
1: Which I mean to me this says so much, like four calls to 911 and nothing was said. Like that just makes me so it just gives me such a bad feeling about what was going on in that house and if Nicole was the one to place the calls, I mean, what does that say about what really happened to her?
0: Exactly. And we don't know if Nicole was actually the person to place those calls. We're Very kind of, true. We're assuming that, you know, it it's possible that it could have been Alexa or London, but you know, we're just going to assume for now that it was Nicole. So, on the 15th of January, a GoFundMe page was created to honor London by a family member. The proceeds were ordered to be handed over to the Austin Zoo, which is a place that London absolutely loved. The next day on the 16th, a vigil was held for Nicole, Alexa, and London at the Oblate Mission Grotto in San Antonio. But another GoFundMe page was created just a few days later under the name Search for Truth, and it raised over $50,000 in a single day. Police felt so confident that this case wasn't just a cut-and-dry murder-suicide that they even brought in the FBI to work this case. On January 26, 2019, an official funeral service was held for Nicole and her daughters at the Place for Life Church at 11 a.m., but the burial was strictly private. London's casket sadly was lined with purple trim and inscribed on the inside was the word princess along three pink hearts. Six months later on June 26, 2019, Charlie Wheeler listed his Anaqua Springs home for sale and a month after that, it sold for $975,000.
1: I gotta say, that surprises me a lot that somebody bought it so quickly after three people died inside of it so
0: brutally. Right, and Charles took a loss on this home because it was originally over a million dollars and he sold it for less than a million.
1: Right, but I mean, still, that's that's not a huge loss. You know, for $975,000, that's not too big of a difference. It just True. surprises me. But anyway, now I know there are a lot of people out there who are supporting Nicole Olsen you know and and believe that she could have never committed such a terrible crime against her own children you know just as her family believes but there are also many Charles Wheeler supporters and actually the most vocal you know not surprisingly is his own mother Cynthia Wheeler she stated quote i just know that charlie could never do anything like that i just know because he loved those girls and he loved nicole did they have problems absolutely who doesn't that doesn't mean that you go out there and you shoot yourself and shoot your girls. That's a pretty bold statement
0: by Cynthia, by the way.
1: I mean, that's really messed up thing to say, especially since the sheriff is like, hold on, I, I, we don't know what really happened. For her to say, oh yeah, like, why would she go
0: kill herself and kill her girls? Like, Jesus lady. I think it's more so the tone, like... Yeah, hey, like, I know you had problems in the relationship, but that doesn't, you know, give you an excuse to, like, kill your daughters and yourself. Like, It's cold. It feels cold, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So she also said that her son is a good-hearted man and that she was aware that Charles and Nicole quarreled at times, but that it was typical in relationships. The Wheelers have been accused by the public of protecting their son and not expressing condolences for Nicole, Alexa, and London. And actually, Cynthia later said, he still has a life that he's got to try to put back together. But as we mentioned earlier, police were not willing to call it a day, and Sheriff Salazar wanted to reassure the public that he will remain diligent on the case. He stated, quote, I want to point out that the medical examiner's findings are independent of what we may eventually find as we continue to conduct the investigation. Ours is a separate but concurrent
0: investigation. In February of 2020, investigators stated that they were looking into video surveillance footage captured by neighbors, as well as social media posts, text messages, cell towers, and GPS technology that would help track where specific vehicles were on the night of the murders. In a turn of events, London's father, Hector, filed a million dollar lawsuit against Charles Wheeler on the basis of negligence, claiming that the weapon used to kill his daughter was in an unsecured location in the bedroom. Now, we don't know exactly what happened that night, but the lawsuit states that Nicole was exhibiting increasingly erratic behavior during a lengthy argument at the Anaqua Springs home, and that Charles Wheeler was likely present when Nicole accessed the loaded firearm. If that's even what happened. Yeah, we don't even know if this is true. It also states that Nicole obtained the gun in the defendant's bedside table in the bedroom that they shared, and used it to kill herself, London, and another child, which of course is Alexa, and that Charles knew the children were present and was aware that they were exposed to Nicole while she was in an inflamed and erratic emotional state and actually or potentially armed with Charles's firearm. The lawsuit also states that Charles knew that London and the other child, again, Alexa, could not protect themselves from Nicole. Charles took no reasonable measures to protect the children from Nicole Who was armed with his gun but then it goes on to state that nicole would have not posed a risk to the children if it wasn't for charles's behavior towards her but it doesn't really go into detail about this so it's really interesting here because you know first off you have this sheriff who kind of wants to see this investigation through and doesn't really believe the the medical examiner's autopsy and then you have a father of one of the victims saying that nicole was most likely the person to pull the trigger but that Charles was responsible for pushing Nicole to kill slash uh, also keeping the gun in the house unsecured. But then you also have Alexa's father, who is Carlos Montez, saying that he knows in his heart that Nicole would never do anything to hurt her children or take her own life.
1: Which, you know, kind of makes me wonder if London's father, you know, I'm I'm not saying this as a concrete thing, I'm just wondering if he's just trying to, you know, obviously he suffered a great loss, but I can't help but kind of wonder if he's just trying to get away with this lawsuit by saying this so concretely about Nicole, since it's what the autopsy said anyway, maybe he's like, oh, well, I can get away with this million dollar lawsuit if I just say this. Maybe it's not really what he believes.
0: Yeah. And and I don't really know. But the thing that we do know is that nobody knows what happened that night.
1: Right. It, it, this, what I mean is like, this could just be his way of getting money from a lawsuit for
0: the murder of his daughter. Right. But again, you know, this lawsuit is filled with things that, you know, could potentially not be true.
1: Absolutely. And that's what I mean is that's why I'm kind of surprised that he's kind of going out there saying all this, but, you know, I don't I don't know his motive behind it. So, but I, of course it's interesting that, Her other ex, Carlos Montes, thinks that she would never do this, and so does her entire family. So there's weight behind that for sure. So Sheriff Salazar said that a family lawyer of one of the victims had been sending him menacing emails about a lawsuit. But this was the sheriff's reply. Quote, while I'm sure his civil suit in monetary damages, whatever it is that he's hoping to recover, is very important to him, To me, justice on the criminal side is even more important. So I won't let that be compromised and I certainly won't be bullied into rushing an investigation because a civil attorney feels that I need to rush it." And this was in November of 2020, by the way. But then last January of 2021, a detail came to light that one of the girl's fathers, and we don't know who, had been texting with Nicole regarding paternity That was brought into question so on top of this one of the fathers who i can only assume is hector since he was the one filing the civil suit said that he was going to hold a vigil for his daughter in front of sheriff salazar's home if the sheriff did not close the case
0: and i guess the thought process here is that the statute of limitation regarding the civil suit would expire if the case was not closed by a certain date which again could mean you know the whole reasoning behind this is because he wants to win this lawsuit. Another really interesting point that came to light later on is the fact that police obtained an email that Nicole had received from the Grand at the Dominion Apartments located about six miles from Charles's home. And this email asked how the apartment search was going. And it also states that the complex had a three bedroom floor plan that was available for her. It was also known by Nicole's family that she had toured an apartment at this location on December 31st, 2018, a little over a week before she was found dead. So it's interesting because it seems like she was trying to move out of Charles' home before her death. I just feel like
1: that information does make a really big difference because, again, just with so many other cases like this, the threat of divorce or separation seems to really make a difference and then things like like this happen
0: like it might be like a motivating factor
1: absolutely so again I'm not going out there and saying that he is responsible but I am saying that that is really good to know
0: we've also talked about the nonprofit organization called Project Absentis in previous episodes but for those who don't know it's an organization put together by retired federal agents who assist in investigations such as this one Toleda Copeland, who has been working on this case, explained that in his professional opinion, based on the interviews that he's conducted himself, he's not going to tell you Nicole's a murderer because he doesn't believe that she is. We've also talked about the fact that geofencing has been used by Project Absentis to help pinpoint where specific cell phones were located during a crime, and this would help tell us if any other person was inside the house at the time of the murders other than Nicole and her daughters.
1: After the tragic event that occurred in January of 2019, Charles Wheeler moved to Austin, Texas. And again, this is no accusation of guilt, but it was reported in the news that Charles was arrested in November of 2020 for a traffic collision in which he was driving intoxicated. He was booked into a Travis County jail and released the next day on a $3,500 bond. So apparently Charles had rear-ended another vehicle at a stoplight, but luckily no one was seriously injured. The driver of the other vehicle is seeking between one hundred dollars to $200,000 in damages. And it was also known that Charles tried to leave the scene of the crash before police could arrive. And he had also yelled at the victims, stating that he was so wealthy that he could buy multiple versions of their car.
0: That's just kind of messed up to say it's just a rude
1: thing to say when you hit somebody's car true yeah like you're the one in the wrong here so anyway for some reason the charge was reduced to following too close which is a class c misdemeanor and charles pled no contest and as a result of this he was not ordered to face
0: any jail time as of now the case is still an ongoing investigation and Sheriff Salazar reassigned the case to a cold case detective, stating the investigative work is insufficient and incomplete. He said he believes that there were some stones that were left unturned. London's aunt said, After we heard the investigation was botched, we haven't been given an update on the process. It has left the family wondering, how far away are we from closing it? And why is it being kept open? there are currently two separate lawsuits filed by the fathers of both Alexa and London against Charles Wheeler. With so much strange information out there regarding this case, it's hard not to ponder all the possibilities and the persons of interest in this case. So was this a tragic murder suicide by a mother as some speculate and as the autopsies suggest? Or was there something more to this story? And was someone else responsible for the murders of Nicole Olson and her children? One thing that I think may give some folks some hope is that this investigation is not over, and hopefully one day we will all know the truth.
1: If you have any information about this case, please call the Bexar County Sheriff's Office at 210 335 6070.
0: Thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode of going west yes thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and on friday we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into
1: this is such a tough case because not only did a 10 year old and a 16 year old get brutally murdered but the fact that there's no resolution for the family as far as not only who did it but the fact is like did this woman murder them or is she a victim too like those are such opposite sides of the spectrum like victim versus killer And the fact that the family doesn't have justice for such a huge thing like that is really sad. But I will say that I'm very glad that there is an investigation and that they didn't just say, oh, well, the autopsy said she killed herself, so we're gonna go with that. Because as we know in a lot of other cases, people can stage a suicide, and that's maybe what happened
0: here. Yeah, it's not always what meets the eye, you know, so.
1: Yeah, and I do wanna say, too, that it's interesting that this happened in a gated community where there is 24-hour surveillance because obviously if somebody suspicious had come into the neighborhood, maybe they could have tied someone else to it, but it really doesn't seem like there's an outside person involved like that.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm really surprised that you and I had not heard of this case before because it seems like, you know, because it's so recent, recent and because it's so tragic, I would have assumed that we would have heard about it.
1: I agree. I don't know how it's been three years and neither of us have heard of this. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, so I'm really glad that we got the opportunity to cover this case. And please let us know what your opinions are, you know, what you think happened. And uh, we can talk about this case.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, really hoping for some resolution here because it seems like there is there is a story that could definitely be investigated. And And of course, it is being investigated. But the fact that an arrest hasn't been made to me, I'm like... In my personal opinion, I am very surprised by this.
0: Well, yeah, and it's so weird because we typically don't see cases like this where the medical examiner states one thing and then the detective says, hey, uh, I don't believe that result. No, I, I I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, so that's why I think this case is so interesting. Please make sure you share this episode.
1: Also, if you want more episodes, Head on over to Patreon P A T R E O N dot com slash Going West Podcast. You can get 57 full-length ad-free bonus episodes. They're all true crime cases that we are not covering on Going West. Some of them are international. Check it out and like Keith said, share this story.
0: Alright, guys, so for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger.